This episode is sponsored by World Anvil. World Anvil is an award-winning world-building and writing software for people who love to create rich and exciting worlds. Hey, Dungeon Crawler. Thanks for tuning in to our episode this week. But guess what? Did you know there's even more that you could be listening to? If you head over to our Patreon, you can get access to behind-the-scenes content, hearing more of the discussion before and after the show, and even comments in the middle that didn't make it into the final cut. Thank you so much for your support, and keep being great. This is Daniel. And this is Krebs. This is Alton. And I am Matai. And you're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio, the greatest geek podcast out there. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, where we have one of our favorite authors on this evening. Of he is all the, time. Yes, he is the creator of Dragonlance, Ravenloft, the Dark Sword Trilogy, the Seventh Gate series, and more importantly, the latest Dragonlance book, Dragons of Fate. And we're going to be talking about a lot more this evening with author Tracy Hickman. So thank you for being on the show once again. Oh, it's always great to be back here with Dungeon Crawlers Radio. That's what we like to hear. love having you back. Yes. Please continue yes. to stroke our ego. We're so famous. <laughs> uh, I still remember the very first time that I had you on the show, and it took me an hour and a half to get enough courage to walk up and ask you to be on the show. And I was like, sure. It was the craziest thing because you know I'd read all the Dragonlance novels and that, and I just had this idea of, walking up to you would be so scary and that you would just probably reject me from coming on the show, which was weird because that's almost 15 years ago at this point. Well, that's uh, true. You... That was back when I was extremely famous and, uh, you know, had an <laughs> ego the size of a planet. It was really sad. But yeah. You know, here's the thing that I will say though, because I've, I've, I've worked at Tracy's booth a number of times, a couple of different oh, yeah. conventions at this point, And, if any of you have ever wanted to get something signed or come say hello, just do it. He is one of the kindest people you are going to meet oh, yes. on the floor. And I have seen him take time for every person who has wanted it, needed it. So definitely like be kind, but take your time and come up and say hello. Yeah, no, it, it's been great. And like I said, it's been 15 years now and you've been on the show so many times. So it's it's great having you on the show, and we always have a great conversation. Well, thank uh, you. So. Yes, and 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 it is true that I have a face for radio, so it works out really well in streaming. <laughs> so let's let I mean let's dive in. Uh, so the latest Dragonlance novel is out. You guys uh, released. Yeah, I think it was released at Gen Con this last week. Uh, it was fairly successful, like the previous one was. Uh, not only that, the Looks like you did a panel and Joe uh, had joined you and Margaret. We had the most amazing Gen Con that, I mean, it was absolutely for the books and completely off the hook this, this time around. Uh, we, we flew out on Wednesday, um, which was its own story and its own ordeal. And when we, when, by the time we had arrived at Gen Con on Wednesday, we had received an email um, from our agents um, that the second book that was just just released um, has already gone into a second printing, and and this was after it was on sale for a day. Oh wow! So we should have known really what was coming. Um, 
we we uh, on the first morning of the convention convention open and we started this convention the way we started last year which was with an unboxing um event at eight o'clock in the morning first event at gen con on thursday morning and we had hundreds of people come to the came to this event they all got a copy of the first edition book they all got a special commemorative pin um and uh and Joe Manganello was was there. He'd flown in to help us um, launch the book. Uh, and uh, Joe's m- many things uh, as an actor and a producer and a director. But but um, apparently, uh, Dragonlance fan is his number one title. Oh, uh, I think his favorite. Uh, my favorite thing was he, he he claims to be the biggest Dragonlance fan on the planet. And would cage match anybody who challenged him oh, with wow. a title. <laughs> I, I would I not want to fight that guy for anything. Like, no, because I will, I will lose every don't. time. He's Deathstroke. Why would you want to go he against is him? Deathstroke. <laughs> so, uh, so he came actually and joined Margaret and I on stage, and uh, uh, not only introduced us, but was on stage with us and and helped us uh, and, and moderated for us and talked about his experience in Dragonlance. It was really just a beautiful launch to all of this. But even though we had packed the room and and had this great launch moment with uh, all of these good friends, we had no idea what was coming. We we went down to Margaret's booth. The floor opened at uh, uh, 10 o'clock that morning. And we had stacks of books uh, on the tables that uh, all ready to go. Okay, great. That at ten o'clock the doors open, everybody floods into the into the theater or in, into the dealer room. Um, uh, there's a riot uh, at the Lorcantha booth, but that was a whole other problem. Um, <laughs> and and immediately a line formed for the book, and we started selling, and I started, and Margaret and I started signing, and it didn't stop. Usually we can have a break. Usually we can you know just. Yeah, maybe wander around, maybe find some, you know, a game you know, to buy. But no, it never stopped. There was always a line. There were all. It was always backed up. We we started signing at ten o'clock that morning, and we were not finished until six o'clock that night. Oh my! When gosh. it closed, and this was on Thursday. The same thing happened on Friday, and the same thing happened on Saturday. And by sat and Saturday, we were looking and and on, well, by Friday we were running out of books. We were our agent was out scrounging local you know suppliers trying to find additional boxes of the book. We bought up everything that we could, got everything in that we possibly could, and by Saturday afternoon, about five o'clock. The cupboard was bare. Everything oh. was gone. It, I have never seen anything like this before. We've never run out of product. Usually at the end of the convention, I, I will sign stacks of books for Margaret to take back um, home with her so that she can sell them as part of her online. But there was there was nothing left. There was nothing left to sign. And then at five o'clock, people started buying everything else that was in the booth because 
they couldn't buy that book. So they, we got to buy something and get something signed here. And by the close of the day, there was nothing left in the booth. We had oh sold gosh. everything. It was it, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, to give us an idea, do you do you have any notion of how many units that was? I think they said we had fifteen hundred units on site by the end of the time that we were there. And I, yes, I did. I signed every one of those and, <laughs> uh, and got to meet just, and got to meet really, really wonderful people. Um, the conversations that I had there with them was, um, was really heartening and kept us going through the, through the, uh, um, uh, through all of the signatures that, that, that we, uh, gave to everybody while they were there. That's one of the fun things about conventions. There's just such an energy there and you get to meet a bunch of people that have shared interests. I mean, it's just, I always feel very energized and, and hyped up after going to a convention. Well, and we, and I do too. And of course, to a certain extent, there's, there's, um, there's kind of a reunion aspect to it. You see a lot of the same faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. See the same. And, and, and people that we have, become friends with uh down through the years uh, plus um some really remarkable people i got i got to meet some really remarkable people while i was there this this time around i you know and i get curious about this with with so many people in line getting your autographs and and alton just told us how personable you are during these events was there any feedback that you found surprising or even sort of motivational or inspirational something that made you like really think about what their experience with the new series was like well so many people came up to us actually at this convention and 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 thanked us because for them the series was like coming home mm-hmm. it was it was a place they knew and were familiar with and 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 had loved for so long that to be able to come back and to visit it again and to to meet new characters but also to to again interact with old favorite characters as well um it, it meant a great deal to uh, to the people who were who were came up and were speaking with us um, at the booth um i certainly there were a number of wonderful people who came and uh, would tell us that the Dragonlance was the first book they read. Mm-hmm. That it was Dragonlance that really gave them a love of of reading, and and what a wonderful wonderful thing to hear. You know, that's a question we often ask a lot of our guests, and we've had this conversation ourselves. What was the book <clears throat> that brought you into the fantasy or science fiction genre? So Tracy Hickman, what was it for you uh, that brought you into this genre as a reader? Uh, the novelization oh. of Kroll. Definitely, <laughs> it, was, it was. It was so not the novelization of Kroll. <laughs> Tracy Hickman was illiterate until 1983 when Throwing Alan Dean Foster. Shade on oh. Alan Dean Foster. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> No, but but what? Hey, uh, don't what go this and Alan Dean Foster. I used to read every <laughs> every Star Trek, uh, every Star Trek adaptation that he ever put out. 
For oh, sure. I take that back. It was James Blish that did those. Never mind. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Still, still respect for Alan Dean Foster. No, uh, back to Matthew's question though. Like, like, what was what was the first book that really kind of pulled you into the lit- the literary world? Well, I used to I used to read all the time. I mean, as I was a kid, I read everything that came that that came my way, and it drove my father crazy. I I, I can still remember, I can still remember a time uh, when we were living in Las Vegas, and he says, "Oh, we're all going to go on a family vacation. Oh, wonderful! We're going to do a road trip. Great." And we're going to go look at the Grand Canyon. It's going to be great. We're all going to go see the Grand Canyon. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, okay. And here we are in our car, and we're traveling to the Grand Canyon, and I've got my nose in a book. And I'm not looking at the car. I'm not. I, I'm, my nose is in a book. And my dad at point, I said, well, look at that thing over there. No, no. I, I'm reading my book. Well, this is, oh, look, the Grand Canyon. I don't know. And I can still remember him saying, I took, we went to the Grand Canyon. You just have your nose in a book. You got to look out at stuff. <laughs> so, and and yet this was me. I, I loved, I loved reading and, and I loved where reading took me. Um, uh, and, and for me, later in, later on, my introduction actually to fantasy first was uh, was uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, as many of us back in the day had to start somewhere. But then mm-hmm. I moved on to Anne McCaffrey and her and her Pern series, and my oh, wife and I both those, enjoyed those, those um, which I can't imagine influenced my writing at all. Um, <laughs> I did I did meet Anne McCaffrey by by the way uh, at one point. Oh. It was it was wonderful that, that she was doing a signing next to us. It was the same. It was the same time I more uh, I met George Takei. Uh, out of curiosity, before we move on to the next subject, I am I am just a little curious regarding again the feedback that you got during Gen Con, which is, um, was there any bit of feedback or anything that someone said that just genuinely surprised you, especially if it was out of like totally like out of left field? Is there anything out of left field that I uh, that I experienced at the uh, at the convention? Yes. Yes, there was, as a matter of fact. Um, and and that was that when I arrived at the convention, I went down to pick up my badge. Well, my badge was at GMHQ in room 116 over in the convention center. And so I had to get in line with every other game master who was there to pick up their stuff. Okay. I, you know, I can be pretty egalitarian about this sort of thing. So <laughs> Laura and I, you know, get in line to pick up our badge. And we come around the corner, we go into the room, we pick up my, we pick up the badges and there's a badge for Laura. There's a badge for her friend, Desra, And I have no badge. Oh, Oh no. <laughs> now I've been coming to I've been coming to uh Gen Con. I think this was my 41st Gen Con. And I am uh, I am a lifetime guest of honor. There are four lifetime guests of honor. <laughs> um there's uh there's Gary Gygax who is of course, deceased, and there mm-hmm. is Dave Arneson, who is also has also passed on. 
And then there's myself and there's Margaret. <laughs> and I'm feeling like I'm a little on the bubble, quite frankly. But we are the two lifetime guests of honor. They used to have in the program book, they used to have a full page that said lifetime guests of honor and let us honor our lifetime guests of honor, right? And I was there. There is no page that has lifetime guests of honor in the program book anymore. It it, it has to be taken up by ad space. So, you know, <laughs> forget honoring lifetime guests of honor or apparently remembering who they are when they come to the convention. <laughs> the pandemic we'll, we'll took so much page from us. next year. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the only way I was able to get a badge is that one of the guys that was there at GMHQ knew I was a lifetime guest of honor and wondered why I didn't have a badge. So <laughs> fine. But yeah, it was an interesting moment for me. Um, um, I had, uh, it was an interesting moment for me. And there was a time when I would walk into Gen Con and everyone would know who I was. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I, but it, but it's all changing and everything does change. And uh, and while I certainly can't complain because I spent I spent the entirety of three days meeting people who knew exactly who I was, it was uh, it was a little bit a little bit of a realization for me when uh, when I, w I did not have a badge <laughs> that that somehow um, lifetime guest of honor lasts until it doesn't, you know. Yeah. Now, it's kind of interesting that you say that because, you know, going over to GMHQ to pick that up, that's a little bit unusual, but I suspect that that may have something to do with some of the new friends that you are creating through some of the new projects that you're working on. And in fact, while you were there, we heard a rumor about uh, some some public announcements that were going on with the new project. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? It was actually while I was standing in line at, to get my badge. <laughs> as long as you're there, this as is a as pivotal moment in your life. And, yeah, right. and we hope that you really wrote it down to crystallize. Yeah, it's this, I, 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 will, I will relive it and embellish it later on. <laughs> no, while I was standing in line, actually, uh, I, I, I'm suddenly greeted by this group of guys who was so excited to see me and I was so excited to see them because up until that moment, I had only seen um, some of them uh, over video conference. So I've, I've been actually working in secret since January with a company called Loot Studios. They, they make um, printable miniatures and set pieces for, for role-playing games. Now, now and, when you say printable, you mean like 3d printers? Yeah, it's an interesting model, actually, that Loot has been doing for the last few years. Um, uh, subs you subscribe to Loot Studios. And I think it's, uh, last I looked, it was like $15 a month or, or some such ridiculously small amount. And every month, they'll do a new release, and they will release about 40 unique miniatures in SDL file formats. And you can download like these 40 unique uh, miniatures and set pieces. Some of them are set pieces. They usually include busts that you can print that, you know, to, to sit on your desk. They, they also have, uh, they also often will include uh, props that are full-sized props for you to print out for wow. inclusion in your game. 
And their miniatures, the, the miniatures that they craft there are exquisite. They were an art company first. And so when you look at loot miniatures, you're not just getting figures. You're, you're getting characters that have unique poses that tell a story. Yeah. And a lot of their poses have a lot of action built into them. I, I mean, you really just need to go to lootstudios.com and take a look at their incredible catalog. I'm looking right now and I'm I'm thoroughly impressed at the range of models but like you're saying the detail, the thoughtfulness, um you have some who are in more relaxed stages but so many that are especially when they're villains are in incredible uh th there's incredible motion captured in their stillness. Um and the props that you were mentioning too, this hourglass is gorgeous. Oh, absolutely. And that and and they print up beautifully. So I I I actually was introduced to Loot Studios um, when I was while I was working while Laura and I were working on our Sky Raiders uh, Kickstarter. I noticed on my Facebook feed that here was this Loot Studios and they had this whole enormous set of pirate fantasy pirate miniatures. <laughs> I thought, wow, this is great. I need to get these. Uh, these miniatures i mean and the set included the ship right the pirate ship to go with it that was printable so so i subscribed to loot studios and was really quite impressed with them well in the meantime they got in touch with me and they said well we want to make this game it's called relics untold and, and it's a combination of uh it's a it's a miniatures deck builder um, so it uses miniature movement, miniature combat structures, but but it uses it with a deck builder uh, format. I like that. But we need somebody to to help us create the world that supports all of this. And I said, well, hey, you know, if you want a world built, I'm the guy you need to talk to. <laughs> and absolutely. We we had and and so you know January came around. I said, yeah, let's do this thing. And and within two weeks, I had a contract. And we've been working on it. We've been working on it ever since. It is an absolutely amazing world that we're building for this. But what a cool thing would it be to be able to go online and to download new miniatures for your game, print them, and be able to play with them. And that's that's what we're building. It's it's kind of a cutting edge thing to. Um, to be able to directly supply digitally physical game components. Mm -hmm. So what's what's like the general timeline on this? Do we have any of that information yet? Uh, you can see some of the miniatures actually on relicsuntold.com that are have been designed for the game, uh, a lot of the artwork as well. A really great picture of a character from the game that is painted to look exactly like me. It is probably one of the best likenesses of me, actually. That, been... Is that the, the Sage Tome Master type? Yes, photo? this Tome yes. Master. Yes, I think it's one of the finest uh, renditions of me that I've seen. Yeah. But um, what we're looking at in timeline, the game, actually, the game itself has been in development for two years. The background has been developing with me since January. And uh and uh, all the materials that we've been putting out say uh coming in 24 so the game is uh, the game is coming uh next year 
Cool. Now, I do have some more questions about this, as I know a couple of the other guys do too. And of course, we have to get some additional questions asked about the Kickstarter as well, lest somebody skewer us in the comments. But first and foremost, Dungeon Crawlers, thank you for supporting the show. And here's a quick thing that you can listen to to help support us further. We'll see you on the other side. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard Daniel talk about World Anvil. I tried it myself, and holy moly, kids, World Anvil is designed to help you lay out the master plan for your campaign or the entire plot for your novel. The suite of features is immense, but the excellent tutorials and resources help me get rolling in no time. If you have a campaign or story idea that is begging to be unleashed, give World Anvil a try. And you can use the code DCR40 to get a whopping 40% off today. Go right Right now to worldanvil.com and try out an award-winning world-building suite of tools that are totally epic and don't suck. Hey, Dungeon Crawlers, thank you so much for taking a minute to listen to that. We really appreciate your support. And if you just listen, share, download, we know that that helps us too. Thank you very much. And uh, right now we're going to be getting back over to Tracy. So before the break, you know, we were talking about loot we were talking about some of the things that were coming out we were looking at the uh, most beautiful rendition of uh, uh, of of your personage ever <laughs> rendered in the digital space yes in the in the in the history of my digitalness <laughs> <laughs> and we know that uh, some of these components are just around the corner but we also know that there were a couple of things that you may have brought back about this did you want to share something about that? Well, I I was one of the things. All the the gentleman from Loot Studios came to the convention, including the game designer um, uh, Leonardo Cuna is is a, a fabulous game designer, and uh, I've really enjoyed working with him and, uh, and and with all of the people at Loot Studios. Really, they've all been wonderful. And, and in fact, I'm going to I'm going to do something right here for you guys, you, you people at home listening. You're just going to have to imagine all of this. But as if you were reading a Dragonlance novel or something. As if you were or, reading a Dragonlance novel or something. Or maybe we'll start on Patreon. <laughs> or possibly one one may one can never know. Yes. This they brought me from from Brazil. They brought me this carry on. <laughs> For those of you who cannot wow. see this right now, it is a, a, a suitcase, a hard yes. backed, hard shelled suitcase. It says multiple huge red fragile stickers all uh, over it. It says it's, Fragili. Thank you very oh, much. Italian. And and you think that's funny, but it's really not. And I say that because I'm gonna open this here. I haven't opened it since I got here. I love this. You know, I, okay. I'm just I'm just super excited he's sharing this with us, and we really ought to thank him, a Brazilian. Brazilian. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> okay, here's here is part of it. Oh, oh that's just a dragon wing! Holy crap! That's like bigger than your face. Yeah, and I've got a big face. Is it is it wait, already wait, wait, wait. painted as well, or is that yes, just? Yes, it's already painted. Oh, I'm excited for this. <sighs> okay, here we go. 
Oh my gosh. Whoa. It looks just oh, like wow. you. Why, no, thank I mean... you. No, wait. No, this is uh, this is one of two dragons that are in uh, in combat one with That's another so in this incredible in, in this incredible um uh i i mean they say it's a miniature <laughs> but it's huge it's a bigature they brought it's a bigature and they brought um they brought this dragon all the way from brazil oh my gosh for me and I just I can't wait to um I, I I had to take it all the way across the country and they and they packed it for me in their little case so that <laughs> I could come and and uh, bring it home. Now you said that it was one of two dragons engaged in combat. Please forgive me. I hope this doesn't sound greedy. I'm just curious. Did they give you both dragons or did they give you the one dragon? Oh yeah, I'm sure they gave me both. They gave me both dragons. This beautiful painted pedestal with with this that's uh, that's got terrain on it, and all of it is just immaculately painted um, by their their expert artists that uh, uh, down at the studio. And and this this is the kind of thing that they build. And and, and that's that incredible. Sell. You know, based on the sizing, what I want to do is I want to bring over my Cthulhu Death May Die gigantic Cthulhu figurine oh, that's all painted yes. up. Set it up as a battle scene. It'll all green steel in the background. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be awesome. <laughs> uh, I think Cthulhu would just be like the ref, like let's get it down, you know, and just like <laughs> judging the fight. Let, let, can we make that happen? And I can take a photo because that's roughly a cover idea I have for a book. Oh, it's, it's, it is so impressive when it's put together. I'm, I'm, I, I am being forced to clean my office just so I can find a place to put it. It's, it is an, it is an absolutely extraordinary piece. It's a gorgeous that, rendering. The, well, it's an amazing job. Well, it is, and that, but, but that is what Loot Studios does. And that, and that's why I'm so excited to be, uh, to be working with them to get, uh, to get this game. Uh, to get this game properly produced and 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 make it happen, it's actually been interesting that the the uh, workflow that I've been using um, on all of this. I mean, if you're interested, I'd love to tell you that w- how we are managing to produce this game, literally globally. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about that. Huh. Well, I, I I have I have my own um, uh, I have my own pipeline. Uh, really, in terms of, of my process these days, um, and I usually like to start with the map, uh, and and so uh, I actually like to start um, with Pro Fantasy's uh, Fractal Terrain to create an entire full world map that's in a fractal format, so that I can go into any scale and uh, and and render at those scales. So I'll start with Pro Fantasy, but then I almost I almost always move uh, immediately to Incarnate, Incarnate, Incarnate. Um, they are my go-to mapping place for fantasy maps. I can I can build a fantasy map in Incarnate with incredible speed and with all of the detail that I that I feel like I need. So once i've got this i need to put it i need to actually develop the world and the world development for me always happens in world anvil nice How convenient we're from yes. them 
He just so did you say World Anvil? Why, <laughs> yes, I did. Did I mention World Anvil? Uh, this episode is endorsed by World Anvil. I hope well, so. Sponsored. Yes, it actually is. Sorry, sorry, sponsored, sponsored is the right term. <laughs> yeah. Well, I use World Anvil for for all my worlds now because of the, its ability to organize everything that I have, uh, maps, timelines, um, histories, characters, um, uh, I, I, every aspect of the world. Not only can I organize it, but I can cross-reference it instantly within the text. Yeah, it is a it is a tremendous organizational tool, but not only is it a tremendous organizational tool in and of itself, but when I started working with Loot Studios in Brazil, I said, "Let's build this in World Anvil because we we can make the world private, right? Mm -hmm. And then I can invite them to come in." Uh, under the privacy, they can come in and see whatever it is that I have designated for them to see, right? And and we can collaborate in real time. And so World Anvil becomes this touchstone for our entire development um, uh, and and the creation of this world as a um, as a collaborative device that allows all of us to participate in the world at the same time. It's 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 a really uh, it's very exciting for me to see that. It's an amazing uh, use of the tool. Uh, it sounds like World Anvil is really saving you a lot of work. And speaking of work, hey Daniel, <laughs> what did I tell you that I got into? Had a little problem at my job the other day. Uh, that's not good. No, it was kind of a misunderstanding. You see, every day I'd get into work and then I'd go hide from my boss. And okay. after a few days of this, he got really upset. He says, what are you doing? I said, well, you told me I, I was trying to impress you. And you told me the good employees are hard to find. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where that was going. Though. Oh, I, I, I caught Alton I, on that one. I didn't see that one coming. That was that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. I like, like that. Where's the story going? I like that, and, and it's very rare that I get caught by surprise by a punchline. <laughs> so that was wonderful on that top of great. it. Great. Yes. So then, where do we go from where, here, Alton? Well, this is this is where you know we've we've. I know that people are going to get really really mad if I don't ask this question. Mm -hmm. So All right. I have to ask this question. Okay, you've you've launched this wonderful new second Dragonlance book that sounds like it is going gangbusters and will soon require additional printings. We've talked about Loot Studios and the the wonderful dragons that they've sent home with you, but also some of the cool things that they have been able to produce and the cool games that are coming down the line with your world building behind them, which is always a pleasure. Yes. But I also know that a lot of people have been waiting on Sky Raiders. Mm. So I want to yes, make sure yes. to ask the question like, where are we at on that? What are the things that you are most excited about? And how soon can people expect uh, some things to start to hit the mail? Well, actually, we, um, Laura and I have uh, uh, on our schedule to finish the writing um, this month. That's that's the deadline, and that's the one we're going to make. I'm currently currently finishing up the adventure for the, uh, for the world. Laura's been working on on a lot of the world background that's going to be included uh, in the book, but our 
our expectation is to have everything into design at the end of this month and get it into press as soon after that as we as we possibly can. We're still working on the app and we're still working on the online side, um, uh, which interestingly enough, uh, I know it's gonna come as a surprise to you guys, but is going to involve World Anvil. Um, oh. I know, How surprise. Convenient. How convenient. <laughs> well, no, there, there, there's such a flexibility in their database that it allows us to link our app into their database and to use the database, um, the World Anvil database, uh, as as the touchstone for our own um, our own app. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we still have work to do on that. But but the great news for us is that we'll be ready to go to press here. Um, we will be finished with the principal writing here at the end, by the end of the month, just a couple of weeks away, and then. Um, uh, it, it's mostly just a question of getting it to the printer then and getting it out to everybody. But all of the creative work is going uh, will be done in, in terms of the game writing. That it, my wife said to me today, in fact, she said, what were we thinking when we thought we would just, oh, we would just make this, this 5e world. That, that should be simple. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, this... This content is is expansive, and I'm confident that people are going to get more than what they originally were expecting on the Kickstarter. Yes. Thank you so much for taking time with us this evening. I mean, it's it's really cool to hear about all the behind-the-scenes things, the stories from Gen Con. I mean, this has been a jam-packed episode. Did I did I drop enough names in this episode? I feel like I haven't quite dropped enough names. <laughs> for clarification, the Joe mentioned earlier in the episode is Joe Manganello. Yes. That's right. It was Joe Manganello, who's actually a really good friend of mine. You know, I'm grateful that Dragonlance has come back. You know, it disappeared. It was a fantastic book series that I read growing up. It's something that I passed on to even some of my own boys to read. And it has just been a pleasure to have that part of my my life my universe and it's nice to be able to go back and visit you mentioned that earlier a lot of people said it was like going home and it was a you know reading these new books it's like going back home or back to a group of old friends and being able to spend time with them and that's definitely what these new books have rekindled in myself uh you know even though i'm older and reading different types of books it was just like walking back you know walking back through my home when I was a kid. So it was fantastic. So thank you and Margaret for uh, bringing that back. Thank um, you. And and, uh, and just letting everybody know the third book is finished. It's at the publishers right now going through the process. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and next year will be the wonderful conclusion. That's awesome. So anyone that has not ever had the experience of reading a Dragonlance book, Definitely find uh, you know the original three, and you will enjoy them. You'll fall in love with those characters. Um, but if not, you can jump into these three as well. The Loot Studios thing, that sounds amazing. Not only that, Sky Raiders. Those of you that joined and the Kickstarter, it is almost here. I am one of those people eagerly awaiting it, so I'm excited. As always, it's a pleasure, and we'll catch you next time. And dungeon crawlers, whether it's old friends, new adventures, or crazy cahoots, tell your story, whatever may come. And my little nerdlings, remember to always let your 3D printed geek flag fly. So say we all.
And whether you are a diehard Dragonlance fan who is now going to sign up for Loot Studios to get your own 3D printed minis, or like me, you are furiously shopping for a 3D printer that apparently needs to use resin now, always remember to be epic and don't suck. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find us.